Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Picks Friday. It's a Finish Strong Friday. It's a special guest Friday, and it is, of course, a winner's Friday. I want winners. I want people that want to win. First of all, we are all winners, thankfully, because we're presented by DraftKings. Love those dudes. Also love Caleb DeHart, our Spread the Word winner this week via social media, 11-year-old. Caleb followed us on TikTok like I asked. At Ross Tucker NFL, Caleb, 11-year-old, you're going to be the youngest winner we've ever had. That's amazing. Even emailed me to make sure I knew that he followed on TikTok. Love it. Sponsor confirmation email winner, Jordan Chong, rated and reviewed the show. The YouTube shout-out for this week goes to Jordan Earhart, A-R-E-H-A-R-T. All he did was subscribe on YouTube, and then his comment was, shout-out, Ross Bam, Jordan, there you go. Email me, Ross at RossTucker.com. Let me know who you would like the video for. No game to recap from last night. First time this season there's no Thursday night game. So we have a very special Big Show. The Big Show. All right, so we got wonderful news as it relates to the health status of Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, yesterday, which is One of the reasons why I wanted to bring on Dr. Andrew Waxler. He's a cardiologist in my hometown of Wyoming, Pennsylvania. And uh, Dr. Waxler, really appreciate you coming on the show. I think there's a bunch of things that I want uh, to ask and to learn more. And I want the public out there to understand a little bit more. I will say this, and I'm sure you'll say the same thing. I think this is probably pretty obvious, but Damar Hamlin's not actually your patient. You haven't actually treated him. This is all just from your experience and your observation and just based on what we're hearing in terms of information, what the doctors are saying. I just feel like I need to always throw that disclaimer out there. Uh, That is a correct disclaimer. I wholeheartedly agree. You need to check out Dr. Waxler, by the way, on social media at A.R. Waxler. Uh, As you might imagine, he's a big Eagles fan, which is awesome. Do you have like your own show or something, Dr. Waxler? 
Yeah, so I grew up in Ardmore. I went to Penn for medical school. I've been a Philadelphia sports fan for, well, I'm 56, so for the last like 50 years. And I have Eagle season tickets. And uh, um, I, I've, I've done a lot of PR and uh, advocacy work in cardiology. I have my own radio show in Berks County. I have a little TV show on uh, BCTV, Berks Community Television. Uh, I'm in Harrisburg and in Washington a lot. Um, so, you know, I, I've done some of that stuff. But honestly, I've actually turned down opportunities in the past because I just like being a simple country heart doctor, to be perfectly honest with you. So I get, awesome. of, I get to do a little bit of both, you know? Yeah, no, it's great. I, and I really appreciate you coming on because I think there are uh, – there's, there's some specific reasons why I wanted you to come on, but also I'm just curious as well. Um, I think the first thing that I just wanted to start with is what do we think happened here with DeMar Hamlin? I know a lot – I've read a lot about this commodio cordis or commotio cordis. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Um, and it seems like most of the cardiologists I've read or seen on TV or whatever think that that might have been what happened. What what are the possibilities here as to why DeMar Hamlin had cardiac arrest on a football field? Well, so first and foremost, as you, you alluded to, um, he did indeed have a cardiac arrest on a, a football field. And uh, sadly, every once in a while you see on TV or you're watching the, you know, um, the, the internet or reading the paper uh, about an athlete that goes down uh, playing a sport. Uh, you were young at this time, Ross, but back in the nineties, um, Hank Gathers, who was a Philadelphian who was playing out in California and then Reggie Lewis, who uh, was on the Boston Celtics. Um, and both of those uh, unfortunate individuals had uh, underlying heart disease. There's about a half dozen underlying heart problems that young, healthy people can have. And sometimes they know, and sometimes they don't know, just to really quickly go through some of the names, uh, Wolf Parkinson White, uh, Brugada syndrome, long QT syndrome. There's one called hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Uh, and there's one called arrhythmogenic RV dysplasia. Now, you don't have to remember all those names. The concept is that uh, it is rare, but there are some underlying heart conditions that predispose seemingly healthy young athletes to dropping dead, I hate to be so blunt, but that's what it is, um, under athletic stress. It's a, it's a catecholamine adrenaline surge, you know, so that's why when a basketball player goes up to dunk the ball, they can, you know, uh, go into cardiac arrest. Sometimes they know, uh, not to speak ill of the dead, but Hank Gathers and Reggie Lewis both knew they had a, a, a diagnosis but chose to play. Sometimes people don't know. Uh, and so that becomes part of the whole screening of athletes at the high school level, the college level, the NFL level. You know, how much do you screen athletes to look for those things? But um, changing the subject slightly uh, to what we think. And again, as you said earlier, this is pure speculation. What we think happened to DeMar Hamlin, um, he probably had, as you say, commotio cordis. And commotio cordis is a very rare uh, but tragic sudden cardiac arrest in a healthy, young athlete. It's most commonly seen in kids that are like six to 12 playing little league baseball or hockey or lacrosse. Um, and, and not to get too deep into this, Ross, but basically our hearts are an electrical organ, just like the lights are on above my head here because electricity is telling the lights to turn on your heart and my heart are being driven by electricity. There's maybe a half dozen or so ways that the electrical activity in the heart can go out of sync. Some are benign, 
Some are slightly troubling, like atrial fibrillation. You may have heard of that. And some are life-threatening. So the one that's life-threatening is called ventricular fibrillation. And again, not to, to bore our viewers, but when commotio cortis, it's just, it's really bad luck. The heart has a rhythm to it, an electrical rhythm to it, such that about once every second, so if you do the math and you're, you're, you went to Wyo and Princeton, so you must be smart, Ross. You do the math, that's 60 beats a minute, so about one beat per second. And there's about like 20 milliseconds or some small fraction of, a, I wasn't a mathlete, some fraction of a second where the heart is resetting. So the heart, the electrical pulse goes through the heart, and then the heart has to sort of pause for a second before another pulse comes through. And it's during that split second, for reasons we don't completely understand, if a sudden, hard, direct blow hits the heart, just it, it, it's like getting struck by lightning. It's bad luck. It can reset the heart into ventricular fibrillation. So I gave you a long answer to a short question, but the bottom line is he may have some underlying heart disease that hasn't come out yet, or he may have had this commotional cortis. Um, I think that the doctors at Cincinnati know the answer, and I think it'll come out eventually. So um, I thought it was interesting. Um, Dr. Chow, he's an orthopedic surgeon. Um, so obviously this is not his specialty. But based on the information that came out and the gripping of the hands and everything that came out, um, I guess he said, uh, I think I saw a tweet, which I didn't really quite understand, where he thinks maybe there's that there's more than just commotio cordis here. Is there any information that came out yesterday that would would lead you to believe that maybe maybe there is more here, or maybe he just meant that it was a more severe episode of it as opposed to like a Chris Pronger, you know, the hockey player that got struck and I seem to come back faster than Hamlin has. So the answer is. With all due respect to ortho, one of my best friends is an ortho guy, so I, I'm certainly not going to throw them under the bus. But uh, I'm not sure that, you know, again, I'm not sure that he knows exactly what's going on. In fact, the truth is, I don't know that anybody knows yet. Uh, well, I, let me rephrase that, Ross. I don't know that it's come out publicly yet. I think what came out yesterday, and, and as you said, we're this is on a Friday, so the big news broke on Thursday afternoon that he was waking up and was neurologically appropriate. Uh, he still has the breathing tube in him, and I'm hoping that they can get that out in the next day or so, but at least he's mentally, neurologically, you know, psychologically with it, and that's what's most important because that's the, the biggest danger of these cardiac arrests is, well, the first danger is that the person dies, obviously. But the second danger is that they survive, but they survive with serious neurologic deficit. And, you know, we don't know whether or not he has a subtle, mild neurologic problem. It's hard to tell that. But at least he's uh, pretty much, uh, you know, the lights are on, as they say, and somebody's home. So that's good. The, the answer is, but to answer your question, I, I don't think it's come out publicly yet. So that's it. That, what I was going to ask is the fact that he... Um... The fact that he wrote down who won the game, does that mean he's totally clear of any neurological issues or not necessarily? Well, it means he's uh, in very good shape and it's a very, very good sign. Now, you know, could he have some very subtle abnormalities that are picked up in a couple of days when he's off the ventilator and, you know, walking around? 
you know, he, he could have some minor memory problems or things like that that are uh, too subtle to pick up. But the good news is it looks like he doesn't have any major problems. And, you know, we'll find out in the next two or three days if there's more subtle problems. Um, so it's hard to say that he's 100 percent Ross, but, you know, he's certainly in good shape if the, his first thought was asking about the uh, outcome of the game. I did like the answer that the uh, the uh, <laughs> gave him. Uh, you won. Uh, you won the game of life. So I thought. Yeah, that was can you cool. imagine? Um, all right. So you kind of touched on this, but what are the next steps and kind of milestones? Like what's the next one, two, three things we're looking for? So we want to hear today or tomorrow that they got the breathing tube out, that he's not requiring assistance from a machine to breathe. Uh, then you want to hear that he's out of bed, first sitting in a chair, then walking the halls. And, you know, uh, again, they can do more sophisticated neurologic testing when he's awake, off the ventilator, walking around. So that's what we want to hear in the next day or two. Off the ventilator, walking around, neurologically intact. Um, and then after that, he's probably going to get what's called an ICD, a defibrillator, which basically is a, a fancy pacemaker. It's a device about as big as a silver dollar, uh, and it's placed underneath the collarbone. And uh, there are wires that connect it to the heart, and it basically monitors the heartbeat 24-7. And if a patient goes into a cardiac arrest, uh, it shocks the heart. So the, the question that I always wonder, and I don't know the answer to this, so I'm going to ask a question, but I don't know the answer, is if somebody survives commotio cordis, like you said, Chris Pronger, the, the, the soccer player from Denmark about 18 months ago, by the way, he's back playing, which is, which is amazing. Um, you wonder, was there something about that person that makes them at more risk for it happening again? And I don't know that we have an answer to that question. In other words, was it just one of those fluke things that was like a one in a million thing that could never happen again? Or is there something that we aren't sophisticated enough to detect? Is there some kind of minor abnormality that we can't pick up that, you know, God forbid it could happen twice? So I don't know the answer to that question. So he, you know, assuming he makes progress over the next two or three days, he'll probably get a defibrillator and then ultimately will be discharged and will be protected by that defibrillator. Now, I don't know that he'll ever play football again, but then again, I didn't think the soccer player in Denmark was ever going to play soccer again. So I, I really don't know. It, it really is an evolving situation right in front of our eyes. Last question. Um, so, you know, I think I am very well aware, and most professional football players are, of the orthopedic risks, the, the brain stuff with the CTE, you know, the head, neck, and spine, all those things. But I have been on a couple shows this week, and – they they kind of get this hushed tone and they say, well, what does this mean for football moving forward? And, you know, is football too dangerous? And um, I, I actually intentionally go on those shows because I want to make it clear, like, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is not really a football injury. I mean, I've never heard this before. You, I think you said earlier in the interview that it's usually most often seen in kids age 6 to 12. So... I just kind of wanted you to set the record straight that even though this happened on a football field, this is not like a reason to play football or not, or like a football injury, correct? You are 100% correct. This injury is more, as I mentioned earlier, more associated with a small 
uh, fast projectile. And again, think uh, baseball, lacrosse ball, hockey puck, um, because it delivers a lot of force in a small area. When you tackle somebody or you block somebody, Ross, your, your forces, you know, going back to high school or college physics, your forces are spread out. And it's not, you know, a line drive in one little spot. So, no, you know, you could argue, should we change football because of CTE? You know, that the movie that, that came out, you know, whatever, 10, 12 years ago, that you could debate. I don't think this should have any effect on football. This was a freak fluke thing, because if you're going to change football because of this, you might as well cancel Little League Baseball and get rid of soccer and not soccer, but uh, get rid of lacrosse. I mean, you might as well just cancel all high school sports. But I think we both agree that would be absurd. And, uh, you know, you'd be doing more harm than good. So the answer is no. This was not a football injury. This should have zero effect on football going forward. The only thing I would say that this should have, and I would say the silver lining, if there is one, I always try to look at the glasses half full. The silver lining is that this should uh, encourage people to learn CPR, to learn how to use an AED, to make sure there's an AED at your place of business or at your school or wherever you work. About 2005, Ross, and I mentioned this uh, to you uh, a couple of days ago, my wife and I spearheaded a fundraising effort to place an AED in uh, the Little League field where a lot of the Y missing kids play. Now, I, I had self-interest. My son was 11 or 12 at the time, but, uh, you know, it's still there now. So uh, I'm hoping that this will generate more uh, public, uh, you know, pressure to get more AEDs and also more people to learn how to uh, to do things because Ross, you could save a life. Anybody could save a life. Um, and one last thing I'll mention that through the American College of Cardiology, I have been part of a group that has had some legislation passed in, in Harrisburg for our great home uh, state, the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania uh, to have AEDs and CPR training in schools. Uh, so, you know, we want to prevent the next tragedy because uh, even though this is a fluke in the NFL and, uh, you know, this happens once every you know 40 years or 50 years in the NFL. It, it's going to happen in a high school somewhere, if not on the football field, then on the baseball field or lacrosse field. So let's use this to be better going forward. Check him out on social media if you want to know what he's up to and you want more information. It's at A.R. Waxler on Twitter. Dr. Andrew Waxler, the cardiologist in my Beloved hometown of Y Missing, Pennsylvania. Really appreciate the time, Dr. Waxler. Thank you so much. Uh, Ross, this has been a pleasure. And uh, go wild. Go, go <laughs> Absolutely, bro. man. Always, always. Um, always, by the way, if you're thinking about what you want to do in terms of wine, it's all about First Leaf. I am so pumped that I got this email literally last night from Paul, one of our listeners. He said, Ross, love the podcast. Going to be laid up for about six weeks after some knee surgery. We'll look forward to my half hour with Ross each day. Planning on trying the first leaf wine while confined to the house. Keep up the good work. You're the best, Paul. You're the best, Paul. That's amazing. That's a great idea. You know why? I love the fact that you fill out your responses. And my wife and I did this. It's only like five or six questions. And then they send you wine that fits your preferences. And then you grade those wines, like my wife and I did. And then the ones you get the back at that better and better and better. We like New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs. They have them. Delicious. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles 
for $39.95 plus free shipping. So go to tryfirstleaf.com slash Tucker. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash Tucker to get your first six bottles for $39.95 plus free shipping. Tryfirstleaf.com slash Tucker. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Tucks takes. All right, Ross, we'll start things off before we get to the picture. The NFL officially canceling the Bills-Bengals game, and they declare it no contest, and they announce their playoff seating scenarios moving forward. That was awesome, by the way, wasn't it, with Dr. Waxler? Incredible insight there. I, I just like feeling more informed. Like I just like it's been the biggest topic in the sport for a week. I just feel like I want to know more about that um, and know what the next steps are. But highly, highly encouraging. Yeah. So they officially canceled Bills Bengals. That's a no contest. So it's not a tie. It's those teams are only playing sixteen game schedules this year. And then essentially, what they're doing is. Um, the two things you need to know is, yes, the Bengals win the AFC North. But if the Ravens beat them Sunday and the Bengals are the three seed and the Ravens are the six seed, even though the Bengals are AFC North champs, they're going to flip a coin to see who, the, who who gets to host the game. So the Bengals need to win. I mean, I think they will, but the Bengals need to win on Sunday because at that point, the Ravens would have beaten them twice. And if the Bengals had lost to the Bills, which is a distinct possibility, then the Ravens would be division champs. The only other thing you really need to know is that, and you guys can do the math on this, right? But essentially, if the AFC championship game is between two teams, Bengals, Bills, or Chiefs, the seeding of which was affected by this lost game, right? So, like, if the Chiefs win this weekend and the Bills lose and they face each other in the AFC Championship game, that's not going to be a neutral site game because the Chiefs will have earned it. It's only if the unknown of what would have happened at extra game leaves some ambiguity as to who would have been the AFC number one seed, then they're going to make it a neutral site. I'm not a big fan of the neutral site. I just don't like that atmosphere that much for a championship game like this. But as I tweeted at Ross Tucker NFL, this is a very difficult situation. The NFL is trying to make the most of it. This is what they came up with to try to be as fair and equitable as they can. I just don't have the time or the inclination for outrage about this right now. Like I said, I'm, I'm not I'm not in love with the neutral site part of it, but they're trying to be as fair as possible given the unique circumstances, and I'm fine with that. 
Want to know which team is going to win every single game on Sunday? Then listen up. We will start with the Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, a game that I believe you'll be at. I will. Yeah, flying out to Vegas, baby. Vegas this afternoon. Yeah, have a have a little steak dinner tonight with Steve Fezzik, Jack. Breaking bread with Fez from the Even Money podcast. That'll be epic. And then go to bed, get up, do the game, have another dinner, head to the airport for the red eye, come back, come home, maybe sleep a couple hours. Eagles pregame. Let's go, baby. It's a football life. This is how I roll. So I think the Chiefs will win the game. There's a lot at stake for them. A lot, right? I mean, uh, it totally changes the whole equation if they lose to the Raiders, which is, of course, a possibility. I don't see that happening. I do think it'll be competitive. It feels like the Raiders kind of have the Chiefs number in the sense that they play them really tough. And the game at home, Stidham played well. But you know how the story goes. Late in the game, Patrick Mahomes makes the plays that the Chiefs need him to make to win the game. I've seen it a million times at this point. I'm going to go fun game. 31-28 Chiefs. Next is a crucial battle in the AFC South. Tennessee Titans at Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what? I got to tell you, I thought Dobbs did some positive things and his receivers had some drops. Now he's had a lot more time to prepare. They're getting Derrick Henry back on defensive line. They're getting Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons back and fresh. Vrabel's a heck of a coach. I kind of think the Titans are going to win this game. Nobody does. But I kind of think the Tennessee Titans are going to they're gonna. It's gonna get physical. It's gonna get ugly. I don't know if the Jags are here for it. I. I mean, look. Uh, I'd be thrilled for the Jags if they won the game, for that city to win the division after what happened last year, and I think they have a good chance. But I'm gonna go with the upset, Jack. I, I'm gonna pick the Tennessee Titans to bruise and batter Trevor Lawrence to muddy the game up. And to win 20 to 17 Titans underdogs. Ross's underdog of the week. Next is Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. Going to be very quick on the games that don't have a lot of uh, importance. I think the Falcons win. I think they really want to get a seventh win this year, Arthur Smith. I think their rookies are going to be flying around. I think the Bucks rest a lot of people. I mean, some of the scores on these are tough when you don't really know who's going to play for how long. But I'll say Falcons 20, Bucks 16. The New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. So this is an interesting one because you don't really know how the Bills are going to behave, right? Like, I expect the stadium to be at a fevered pitch, but also how was their preparation this week? There's kind of a lot of unknown there with the Bills. I'm still going to – I I think they're going to come out roaring, and I think they're going to be flying around. I think they're going to play well, and I think the Bills ultimately roll in this one, actually. I, I just think that stadium is going to be like a powder keg, and I think they win going away 
27-13, Bills. Minnesota Vikings is the Chicago Bears. The Minnesota Vikings. The Bears are starting Nathan Peterman at quarterback. What a time to be alive that Nathan Peterman is still in the NFL and starting games at quarterback. I mean, really, like we'll tell our kids about this someday. Um, Jack, you will. My kids are already alive. I can already tell them about that. At any rate, uh, Vikings, they don't want to – they want to give themselves every chance, I think, to get the number two seed. And, you know, the Bears are starting Nathan Peterman at quarterback. Vikings, 27, Bears, 10. Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. Did you skip one or no? No, my list is correct. And what game do you think I'm missing here? Baltimore, Cincinnati. Oh, I, I, because you know why? I have it as our same order from Fantasy Feast from NFL.com. And when we did Fantasy Feast, Ravens Bengals was undecided. So that's it. I will, I will take fault for that one. I was no, no, prepared. no. It's fine. Uh, it's not. It's not that big a deal, dude. Nobody cares. <laughs> I'm just looking at. Just so you guys know, we always go through the picks the top of NFL.com. We go across the top NFL.com. So that's what I'm looking at. Um, so let's just do Ravens Bengals. I don't even know if Tyler Huntley can start a quarterback for the Ravens. He's all beat up. My guess is he'll give it a shot. Also don't know how the Bengals will react, right? We don't know how that'll go given everything that's unfolded um, in Cincinnati. I, I kind of think they'll win the game though. I, I, I like Cincinnati. They've just been playing really well and the Ravens have not. Cincinnati, 23, Baltimore, 13. Now we will go to the Houston Texans at the Indianapolis Colts. What about Lovey Smith? Does he think he's getting fired? Does he say, you know what? I might be getting fired anyway. Why don't I just go ahead and win the game and kick the, kick the Texans out of the number one pick? That would be something. I don't think he's going to do that. I think the Colts win, but it'd be a lot funnier if Lovey Smith won that game for the Texans. I don't know. What a terrible game. Um, 17-14 Colts, I guess. New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins. So last I checked, maybe I'm wrong here. It it sounded like Skylar Thompson was going to start, Jack. Is that the case or is it going to be Bridgewater? Well, I heard Bridgewater dislocate his pinky, so I imagine that's going to be a difficult to play through regardless. They say you can throw without your pinky, believe it or not. Yeah, but you got the grip on it a little bit. I mean, I don't know. But I, I think I don't think it's been decided one way or the other yet, but I think they're leaning Skyler Thompson. Yeah. Um, really, either way, I'm going to take the Jets. I think Mike White plays much better than he did last week. And you have Skyler Thompson, who's not really ready for this. Or you have Bridgewater with the messed up pinky. Either way, I think the Jets get this win and knock the Dolphins out of any playoff possibility. The way this is setting up, the Steelers could make the playoffs. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, Jets. 20 to 17 Jets. Are they underdogs? Do we let the dogs out or are they favored? I don't know. With I feel like that's very like a dead even. I can pull up. Oh, they're our... underdogs. Let the dogs oh, down. Crosses underdog of the week. Jack, I just saw where they are. Uh, they're they're getting two and a half. That's a great teaser leg. Now take them up to eight and a half. If you watch or listen to the Even Money podcast, that'd be a great one. Now. 
the Carolina Panthers at the New Orleans Saints. I got to go Saints. Saints are on a roll. Saints have won three in a row. They're feeling good about themselves. They don't want that pick. They're giving the Eagles to be that high. And I think the wind is out of the Panthers' sails after they lost that game. And also, no J.C. Horn killed them. Killed them as Mike Evans went over the top on them over and over and over again. New Orleans, 20. Carolina, 13. Cleveland Browns are the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, it's wild, but there's part of me that thinks the Browns might win this game. The Browns are playing better. The Steelers have just kind of been getting by at the end of these games. The Browns look pretty good in the second half. I think they would love, 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 love to be able to knock the Steelers out of the playoffs. By the way, if all these things happen, I don't know what happens. If if the Steelers lose, the Patriots lose, the Dolphins lose, I think the Jags get in the playoffs, even if they lose to the Titans. I think that would what... really be something. Imagine being a Jags fan. You're incredibly deflated that your team loses Saturday night because Ross picked the Titans. And then Sunday you're watching. You're like, this isn't going to happen. And then the Patriots lose while the Dolphins are losing, while the Browns beat the Steelers, and you're going to the playoffs. It's wild. Um, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing. I think the I think the Browns come out, play free and clear. I think the Steelers are a little bit tighter with the pressure on them, and I think the Browns come out as an unmotivated team. But mark my words, by the way, one of the teams with nothing to play for is going to beat one of the teams with something to play for. And let's say it's this one. Let's go Brownies on the road, ruining the, the winning season streak for the Steelers. Wild. 17-13 to Sean Watson and the crew. Is that doggy? Are we letting the doggies out? Yeah, oh, yeah. Let them out. Let them out. Ross's Underdog of the Week. New York Giants is Philadelphia Eagles. I like the Eagles. It doesn't sound like the Giants are playing their guys. Still no word on whether it'll be Jalen Hurts or not. He was still limited again in practice yesterday. Honestly, I think the Eagles win either way, but certainly feel better about it if it's Hurts. This is like 27-10. I think the Eagles get out to a lead, take care of business. That's what the, it's vitally important. They get out to a lead and just kind of coast from there and put this game, put the Giants down two scores early. Dallas Cowboys, the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell getting his first start in the NFL. I love it. I love what as many people as possible get starts in the NFL so they can see what they can do. Uh, the Cowboys might be scoreboard watching, right? If the Eagles are up big, Cowboys might start to pull some of their guys to to prevent a potential injury. I'll go um, I'll go Cowboys though to get it done. I don't know what to expect from Sam Howell. Cowboys offense has been kind of on fire. 24-13 Cowboys. Los Angeles Chargers at Denver Broncos. Chargers Go, Chargers, go. 
you know, I, I can't pick the Broncos to win a football game. I don't know that there's much here for the uh, the. I guess the Chargers have a chance at the five seed, and they want to, You want to get the five seed because you want to play the AFC South champ. So I think the Chargers end up beating the Broncos. Might be a decent game. You never know with the Broncos. They're kind of like an either-or team at this point. Sometimes they play well, sometimes they don't. I think the Chargers get it done. Not that many points, like 23-20 Chargers. Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they are. Can Baker Mayfield knock out Pete Carroll from the playoffs? Got to be honest with you. I don't typically care that much. I'm rooting for the Rams in this game because I want the Lions and Packers to be winning your end. For my, for my television watching enjoyment, for me selfishly, I want the Rams to beat the Seahawks. This is another one where the team with nothing to play for might just go out there and ball out. Might just go out there and play well and win. They got to play the game anyway. You might as well. This might be one of the games where the team with nothing to play for beats the team with something on the line. I'm not going to predict this one, though. I'm going to say that the Seahawks, after what I saw from the Rams last week, that was very disappointing. Seahawks, 27, Rams, 17. The Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. This is going to be a massacre. This is going to be the Niners pulling people when they're up 31-10 in the second half. So final score, 31-17, Niners. Detroit Lions, the Green Bay Packers. We'll wrap things up with that one. Really hard to say if you don't know, you know, whether or not the Lions are playing for the playoffs or not. Let's hope they are. Either way, man, it'd be a great story. It'd be amazing. If the Rams beat the Seahawks and then the Lions knock off the Packers, that'd be incredible. I'm not – I can't pick the Lions in Green Bay – Sunday night football, Jared Goff to come up big more than Aaron Rodgers. Cannot do it. Can't do it. Not going to do it. Packers, 27? I think we're getting points, dude. I think we're getting mega points. How about this? Packers, 31. Lions, 30. Love it. Other than that, we got some shout-outs to wrap up the week. Make sure you guys are finishing the work week strong. Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bengals.com, Evergreen Economics, Vision Comics with an X, BackOfficeScheduler.com, and MyFrontPageStory.com. Check Valentine's Day gift off your list right now. MyFrontPageStory.com. Other than that, have an awesome awesome weekend if you get a chance to drive around on saturday and listen to me i love when you guys post that on social media at ross tucker nfl i think we're done here thanks for listening to the ross tucker football podcast make sure to also subscribe to the fantasy feast even money business of sports and college draft all available at apple podcasts ross or wherever podcasts can be found